Hey, Seacoast, so good to have you with us. Thanks for tuning in wherever you are. We are so grateful to have you journeying with us. Hey, before we get started with today's message, I just want to say how encouraging it's been for me to see the interaction of so many of you just meeting each other's needs and caring for one another in this really interesting season we're all living through. Uh, Even, you know, when I look on our Facebook page and and where people are sharing needs and meeting needs, it's really cool to see the church be the church and love each other and care for each other. Even people who don't even know each other are are meeting needs and sharing needs. And I just want to encourage you to continue to use those tools. Uh, Let's make sure that we as a church keep fighting to stay connected, keep fighting to be together uh, during the season. Let's get through the fatigue and through some of uh, all of the, the monotony of this season. And let's keep strong and keep a part of our mission as a church. So I just want to say how much I'm encouraged uh, to, uh, by so many of you and what, how you're loving each other and even serving in the community. Um, I also want to give a shout out here to our staff team, the staff um, here at Seacoast. They all have, instead of uh, kind of complaining or anything, they've adjusted roles. They've just dove in and are working super hard day after day, uh, making sure that uh, they're caring for all of you, uh, keeping things moving, keeping things rolling. And it's been amazing to see your staff team and the work they're doing. I'm so grateful for all of them uh, and, and the work that they're doing. So make sure you give them a big round of applause right now. Just thank them uh, for what they're doing because they really are uh, pouring out their time and energy and efforts um, because of their love for you and, and their love for this community. And I am super grateful for the work they're doing. It's, it's really amazing. So we want to give a shout out to them. And finally, before I get started, uh, I felt like I just wanted to say something to the students. So students, look at me for a minute. No, seriously, look at me for a minute. Yeah, all of you, yeah, fifth grade, at least fifth grade, junior high, high school, college students. You know, I know in uh, this season that we're in, um, it's particularly hard on many of you. Uh, You've had a lot taken away from you, a lot of friendships. Some of you have had your sports taken away. Um, Some of you are seeing your graduations taken away and proms and all kinds of things that are really a part of life. And it is, it's just, there's no other way to say it. It just sucks. It's been really rough. And I uh, feel for you and want you to know that as your pastor, um, I'm praying for you. I care about you. This church loves you guys. And um, it, you know, you're in just a tough season and it's sad um, what some of you are going through. And we want to encourage you to um, work through that, uh, those emotions. It's okay to be upset. It's okay to feel loss. Um, But I also want to give you a word of encouragement and hope. Uh, We are going to get through this. Things are going to get better. And in time, this is going to be a memory. Um, It's going to shape us, but we're going to get through it. And uh, you're really bearing the brunt of a lot of the changes, uh, many of you. And so I just want to say, hey, you're in a tough season right now, but we're going to get through this. And so hang in there and keep going. So, hey, today as we jump into what uh, today's message, we're in a series called Won't You Be My Neighbor? And the theme for today is humility. And we're looking at the idea of how can we value others? How can we see the good in others? And how can we kind of posture ourselves in a way that gives the grace that Jesus gave to us in all of our interactions, all of our relationships? And get this, how can we 
do this for people who we don't always see eye to eye with? How can we do it for people who sometimes have different perspectives and sometimes their perspectives, honestly, they don't, don't always make sense. But how does the grace of Jesus and what he's done for us shape us into be people who can actually interact in our world with humility and what's the value of that? So that's what we're gonna look at here today. I wanna invite you to pray with me as we get started. So let's pray where you are, God. We thank you so much. Uh, that you are good. And even in tough seasons, we can trust that you're good. We can trust that we have hope in you. And we trust now, as we look into your word, that you would shape us and change us, transform us. We give you this time in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, I want to invite you to open your Bibles to the book of Romans chapter 12. You know, uh, the series that we're talking about, we're kind of basing it off of Mr. Rogers. And I know last week I dressed up like Mr. Rogers and tried to talk like him for a few seconds long enough to make you cringe. Uh, And then afterwards, my youngest son said, why did you even do that? And I said, well, I was being Mr. Rogers. And he said, I have no idea who you're talking about. Who's Mr. Rogers? Which I realized that maybe we had a parenting failing, but it's just from a different era. But I've been kind of looking at the life of Mr. Rogers, Fred Rogers, these last few weeks preparing for this series. And I was struck by the humility in his life. In fact, uh, a year before he died, he received the Lifetime Achievement Award at the Emmys. And it was pretty impressive Went to see him at this award show. Everyone's in their tuxedos and there's all kinds of attitude and ego and self-importance just filling the place. And then they announce Fred Rogers and he receives this Lifetime Achievement Award for over 30 years of public television teaching children. And the crowd stands their feet and they all give him a a standing ovation and he thanks them and says it's a beautiful day in the neighborhood. And then in his speech, which was very short, he just said, you know, we all get to where we are because of someone else. And he said, I want you to take just 10 seconds. And he said this during the award show. Take 10 seconds of silence. I want you to think of all the people who helped you get where you are right now. And people are kind of laughing and getting like, oh yeah, like he'll do that. And he goes, and I'll watch the, my watch. So you go, start. And he looks down at his watch. And the camera panned through the crowd. And one by one, you could see people at first laugh at what they were doing. And then they started thinking about everyone who got them to where they were. And tears started welling up on all of these put together, perfect people's faces as the magnitude of that moment just swept over the place. And I realized in that moment when they were honoring Fred Rogers for all the work he's done, this is the time for him to uh, show how prideful he could be. And he was proud of the achievement. But he took that moment to value others. And really when we're looking at humility, the the heart of that is our posture towards others. So let's look at Romans chapter 12 and let's think of this now. What is is our posture towards others as we get started? And I'm going to even, kids, I have a job for you today. So kids who are listening, who are out there, who are running around the, the living room right now, just stop for a second. Kids, here we go. I want to invite you to grab a piece of paper and I want you to think of something that you do really well. What is something that you think is, is a gift that you have? Maybe you're a really good basketball player. Or maybe you're a really great artist or you're a good singer or maybe you're really good at cleaning the bathroom. Whatever it is, 
I want you to take a minute and just draw a picture of something that you think you do well, that you're really happy about, one of your gifts, okay? Start doing that. Adults, if you want to do it as well, you're welcome to. But now let's look into the text for today as, as the kids are drawing that picture. Starts in Romans chapter 12. We're going to pick it up in verse 3. He says, For the grace that's been given to me, I say to everyone among you, not to think more highly of himself than he ought to think, but to think so as to have sound judgment as God has allotted to each a measure of faith. So this whole passage that we're looking at today starts with this idea of don't think so highly of yourself as you, as you want to think, but think with sound judgment. Now, Paul is using the word, the Greek word to think, which is phroneo, and he uses it four times, three different ways, and four times in this one verse. He's intentionally kind of doing a play on words, but he starts off, and the first one, he uses this word that's hupafronen, and it's, it's basically hyperthink or to think too much of or to think a lot of. He says, don't think a lot of yourself more than you should think. But rather think, and then he goes into another word, which is sophronen. And that one is, is how we translate it here, that sober judgment or clear-minded. It means, essentially what he's saying is, instead of having this inflated or over uh, inflated view of, of thinking of yourself, I want you to think clearly, have a good idea of who you really are. You know, in, uh, for me being an adrenaline junkie, it's important to have this skill, the skill to have a clear thought about who I am, to have sober-minded thinking about my abilities. And, you know, I, I, I spent a lot of time either riding a motorcycle or, or wakeboarding. I remember one day I was trying this new flip on a wakeboard, probably landed on my head about 500 times in one day. That explains a little bit for those of you who know me, um, or maybe skiing, jumping off of cliffs, things like that. But all of that, it, it, one of the rules of thumb in uh, sports like that is you need to know what are your abilities and, and what you have to have a clear-minded thought of what you can actually accomplish. Now, let's take it into a spiritual side here. Paul is saying, I want you to be clear-minded, to have a right view of yourself, but to think, look at the end of this, and he says, as God has allotted to each a measure of faith. So he starts off and says, I want you to see when you think about yourself and your giftedness and your ability and all the things that you can accomplish, I want you to recognize, first of all, that what you have has been given to you by God. And when we understand that, that's actually the beginning of humility. In fact, I'd say the first thing that we see here is humility grows our worship. We're able to rightly worship God with humility. We start to see that everything I have comes from him. We've learned in James that every good and perfect gift is given to us by our God. So humility grows our worship. It helps us understand our posture before God. What I have has been given to him by, given to me by him. And it's not just my abilities. It's also my circumstances. It's my experiences. It's the life that God has given to me comes from him. And so Paul says, when you have, when you're thinking clearly, you recognize that God is the one who allots to each a measure of faith, meaning essentially he's the one who gives you what you have, the good and the bad, all those things that shape you, God is giving us and he's shaping us for something. He's the one who's gifting us. And so the humility, understanding that grows our worship. C.S. Lewis said this, he said, as long as you are prideful, you cannot know God. A proud man is always looking down on things and on people. 
And of course, as long as you are looking down, you cannot see something that is above you. Now, of course, we're not talking about God as positionally above us. He is in us. He's with us. He's around us. But essentially saying when we're always looking down and seeing, you know, that person there, you know, God, why have you put these people in my life? When, for me, when I go driving, it, it, it's amazing to me that I am, I am seriously, I'm always the best driver on the road. I really am. It's, it's just the way it goes. And when I'm coaching baseball, I always see the plays better than the umpires do. I mean, I just, I have a way better view from where I'm sitting in the dugout. Every time I get it right, I hardly ever get it wrong. In fact, I don't think I do. They do. So, you know, that's kind of the posture that many of us have. When we look around and feel like, why is everyone else around me an idiot? Maybe even with this coronavirus situation, See, we found that we've become somewhat divided over this. At first, there was a lot of kind of kumbaya, let's all hang out together and let's fight through this, but we're seeing fractures in our society now. And even these fractures come from, hey, I don't sure, I'm not sure I understand your perspective, or I don't understand your perspective, and we're seeing division again in our country, in our community. And I'm not saying you shouldn't have different perspectives and viewpoints. Those are healthy, those are good. But even than that, we can start demeaning people who have different viewpoints. I know when I read certain news articles or hear news from certain places, I tend to judge really quickly and think, well, if they just had my superior knowledge, we'd get through this thing. That's that posture of looking down on others and things. And when we're looking down, we forget to look up. But when we're humble before God, it actually increases our worship. We don't get caught up in those things. It changes our perspective. Even in the situation we're going through, we can know that even this is an opportunity for praise. God, we can't control it. God, we don't know what's happening. We need to just trust that you are God and you're big. We don't have to be. This is shaping us. This is a gift that's going to lead us to something else. Teenagers, I want to encourage you. What you are going through right now, it's shaping you. It's changing you. Good is going to come from this in your life. I don't know what that's going to look like. I don't know when it's going to happen. I hope it happens soon. But you're going to look back and say, wow, my viewpoint, my view of the world, something about me, I learned better patience. I learned perseverance. I learned the value of my family. I learned how to do the dishes. Whatever it might be, during this season, something good is going to come out of it. It's a gift from God. And when we have humility, it actually grows our worship. So if we don't want pride, what does humility look like? How, how can we be humble people? I want to in, uh, turn your attention to Philippians chapter 2. In Philippians chapter 2, Paul is writing and he says this, Make my joy complete. And then he goes into verse 3 and he says, Do nothing out of selfish ambish, ambition but vain or vain conceit or empty conceit, some translations would say. But in humility, I want you to think of others as better than yourselves. In humility of mind, consider others better than yourselves. Don't merely look out for your own interests. It's interesting that humility actually, then uh, the definition according to Paul is when we can look out for the interests of others and even consider them better than ourselves. Now, he's not saying think lowly of yourself. He's not actually thinking that they have more value, but he's saying, hey, let's really value others. Consider them. Give up your life for them as Christ did. Be willing to see their perspective. You might say, but hey, 
what if they're not willing to see my perspective? What if those people aren't willing to hear my point of view or care about me? When Christ went to the cross, what was our response to him? And we're told by Paul that while we were still sinners, while we were still living our old selves and unworthy of God's forgiveness, Christ went to the cross for us. The very definition of humility was he wasn't just looking out for his own interests, but the interests of others, even those who didn't deserve it. That's humility. So what does that do? I believe that humility enhances our relationships. It grows our worship and then it enhances our relationships. When we're humble among other people, when we look out for their interests, when we care, show an interest and care for them, our relationships grow. I think of some of my favorite friends in the whole world and they are people who when I'm with them, I feel like they just want to know me. They want to hear about me. They want to build into my life. They are just the best people in the world to hang out with. I wish I could be more like them. But it builds a relationship when we think of the needs and interests of others. Let's go back to Fred Rogers. He said this, I wish you could sense how important you are to the lives of those you meet. How important you can be to the people you may never even dream of. There is something of yourself that you leave at every meeting with another person. See, Fred Rogers was known as one of those people that everyone thought you can't be the real deal, right? There's something more to you. But everyone who knew him, everyone who talks about him says, no, he was the same guy on camera and off. And nobody hated Mr. Rogers. They all loved him in real life and on the screen. Why? Because he was so humble among others. He was so willing to, and his humility wasn't, again, it wasn't making himself less valuable. It was making others valuable. And when people were in the room with Fred Rogers, they felt like they mattered. And that enhanced his relationships, all of them. So let's go back to Romans chapter 12, verses four through eight, as it continues, says this. So let's have the right thinking about ourselves that leads to worship. And then he says this, for we are many members in one body and all members don't have the same function. So we who are many are one body in Christ and individually members of one another. Since we have gifts that differ according to the grace given to us. If some have prophecy, it's according to the proportion of their faith. If service in his serving, and he, he who teaches in his teaching, he who exhorts in exhortation, he who gives with liberality, he who leads with diligence, he who shows mercy with cheerfulness. See, Paul says we've all been given different gifts, different perspectives, different viewpoints on the world, and whatever it is, live those out. Those are important but he's telling us, see the value in each other. See the value in the uniqueness of each person. Okay, kids, back to you. Hopefully you've got your picture done or, or you wrote a description of what you do well and the gifts and abilities you have that you think are pretty cool. Now I want you to write down or draw a picture of someone else who has gifts and abilities that you think are pretty cool. Maybe you have a friend who's a really great singer. Maybe one of your parents is a really great cook. That would be me. Maybe you uh, have someone in your house who is really great at giving hugs. Whatever it is, I want you to think of something that someone else is good at. And I want you to draw a picture and think of that. 
what is a gift that someone else has that you think that's a pretty great gift? And write that down, draw that picture. Again, adults, go ahead if you want to do it as well. So in this, the point is our humility enhances our relationships. When we see the value in others, when we see the beauty and diversity, when we understand that someone else's perspective is a person that God has created and in his image and is worthy of my love, worthy of my attention, worthy of my uh, sacrifice, and I treat them that way, the relationships are unlocked and they just grow and grow and grow. Finally, what's the last thing that humility does? I believe that humility increases our joy. What do I mean by that? Humility increases our joy. I believe that when we have true humility, that we are set free to live a joyful life. We don't have to worry about comparisons. We don't look at, hey, that person's gifts are better. I wish I had their gifts. They're, they're when we start comparing other people's giftedness, either it leads to inferiority complex, like, oh, I'm not good enough, or it leads to pride. Are you kidding? That's those people. But when we really see the value in others, it sets us free to just appreciate the world God has given. And again, it's not devaluing ourselves. Rick Warren said it this way, true humility is not thinking less of yourself. It is thinking of yourself less. See, it doesn't devalue who you are. It's just saying, hey, I don't want the world to only spin around me. It spins around others as well. Even when I'm driving, it's possible that there's other people out there who have my talents. I'm growing. I'm growing in this. (laughs) I'm hitting the laugh track right now for, for those of you who were asking last week. But again, so humility increases our joy. It enhances our relationship. It unlocks uh, in us, we no longer have to prove ourselves. We are who we are in Christ and we're free to experience and enjoy the life that we've been given. One more example from Mr. Rogers. I I didn't know that he was doing some of the things he was doing while I was growing up and watching this show. And there's an episode in 1969 when it was a hot day and Fred Rod- Mr. Rogers was cooling off his feet in a kiddie pool and he had the hose running and then the officer came in and the officer on his show was an African-American man. And Fred Rogers said, hey, do you want to cool off your feet too? Take off your shoes and socks and put them in the pool with me. So he did and he, well, first he said, I don't have a towel and Fred said, you can share my towel. So they sat down together and they cooled their feet. I thought, okay, whatever. I didn't grow up in a world where that made much sense. But in 1969 was still, our country was fighting through civil rights that black kids and white kids couldn't swim in the same pool in most places. In fact, they were still fighting about that. And there was a stigmatism towards each other. And in that moment, Mr. Rogers broke through the barrier on a kid's show. And he put his feet in the water with an African-American to say to everyone, you know what, I'm going to think of this person more and think of myself less. This is a person created in the image of God who matters. And then he dried off his feet with his towel, intentionally representing the humility that Christ gave to his disciples. I don't think that Fred Rogers felt pain in doing that. He had joy in his relationships. When we think of others 
and we think highly of them and want to hear their perspective. We want to love them where they're at, have compassion on them, even when they don't deserve it. It sets us free from bitterness. It sets us free from trying to control everything. And it allows us to just appreciate who God is, what, who he's made us to be, and who he's made others to be. You know, when I come to the end and think of our response today, Paul talks about each of these gifts. He says, the grace that God has given to you. See, gifts are given by God's grace. Who you are is by God's grace. The family you were born into, the hardships you've gone through, the easy times you've gone through, it's by God's grace. It's all shaped you into who you are today and who you're becoming. It's God's grace. See, God's grace includes a provision for us. It didn't just stop at the cross. He didn't just say, hey, my grace happens on the cross and that's it. No, he pours out his grace for you and for me day after day after day. And I don't know about you, but I think right now, I'm in need of God's grace poured out for me day after day. As I look around and my own patience sometimes is running thin, my anxiety can be up, my fear, my anger, things like that. And if it's not mine, it might be someone in my houses. If it's not someone in my houses, it's someone on the news. And if none of that's working, go to Nextdoor or Facebook. You'll find someone angry. Someone in need of grace. See, I believe when we understand, understanding our relationship to God allows us to see others as he sees them. Allows us to have humility that leads us to worship, that enhances our relationships and brings us joy. Not just people inside the church, but it helps us to see those outside the church with the eyes of Jesus. And at Seacoast, our commitment is continuing to be to each one of you that you may grow in God's grace and who he's made you to be. And our commitment is to our community, people who don't yet know Jesus, who are still living in their old selves. They haven't been set free to their new selves. We love them and want them to experience the grace, the love, the hope of Jesus. So as we end our time, we're gonna move into one final song. And as we look at this final song, I just want you to reflect on it because it's a reminder that our God is a God who still moves mountains. He's a God who still breaks chains. He's a God who will give us hope in this moment. And for some of you right now, you're, you're feeling down. Some of you are feeling like your hope is wearing thin. Some of you are having a hard time with, with humility for others. But our God has had a way throughout history of showing up time and time again. He never changes. And that same God that had the power to raise Christ Jesus from the dead has the power to transform your life, to bring life into you and to those around you. So experience that hope today. Let's pray. Dear Jesus, we thank you so much for today. I thank you for your goodness, for your grace. And God, forgive us for the times when we're prideful, when we don't look to you when we look down on others. Set us free from that, God, and let us experience the joy of knowing you and of loving you and of resting in what you have done. So we thank you. We give you this time now in Jesus' name. Amen.